0: Part Four, Chapter Nine of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Dole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter Nine. The Christmas holidays had come, and except for the high mass, except for the formal and perfunctory congratulations of the neighbors and the household servants, except for the new dresses that everybody had on, there was nothing that especially signalized the season though the perfectly still atmosphere with the thermometer at twenty degrees below zero the sun shining dazzlingly all day long and at night the wintry sky glittering with myriads of stars seemed to imply that nature at least gave special distinction to the christmas tide after dinner on the third day of the christmas holidays all the household had scattered to their respective rooms it was the most tedious time of day nikolai who had been out in the morning making calls on the neighbors was asleep in the divan room the old count was resting in his library sonya was sitting at the center table in the drawing-room copying some designs the countess was laying out her game of patience nastasia ivanovna the buffoon with the woebegone countenance was sitting at the window with two old ladies natasha came into the room and went directly up to sonya looked at what she was doing then stepped across to her mother and stood by her without saying a word why are you wandering about like a homeless spirit? asked her mother. What do you want? I want him. Instantly. This very minute. I want him, said Natasha, with gleaming eyes, but without a trace of a smile. The countess raised her head and gave her daughter a steady look. Don't look at me so. Don't look at me, mamma. I shall cry if you do. Sit down. Sit down here with me, said the countess. Mamma, I must have him. Why am I perishing so, Mamma? Her voice broke, the tears started to her eyes, and in order to hide them she quickly turned away and left the room. She went into the divan room, stood there a moment lost in thought, and went to the maid's sitting-room. There, an elderly chambermaid was scolding a young girl, who had just come in from out of doors all out of breath. "'You might play some other time,' the old servant was saying. "'There is a time for all things.' Let her be, Kondratyevna, said Natasha. Run, Mavrushka, run. And having rescued Mavrusha, Natasha went through the ballroom into the anteroom. An old man and two young lackeys were playing cards. They stopped their game and respectfully stood up as their young mistress came in. What shall I have them do? wondered Natasha. Yes, Nikita, please go. Where shall I send him? Oh, yes, go into the barnyard and fetch me a cock yes and you misha bring me some oats do you wish a few oats asked misha with joyous readiness go go make haste said the old man imperiously and you fyodor get me a piece of chalk as she went past the butler's pantry she ordered the samovar to be got ready although it was not anywhere near the time for it Foka, the bufechik or butler was the most morose man of all the household Natasha took it into her head to try her power over him. He suspected that she was not in earnest, and began to ask her if she meant it. Oh, what a barushnya she is, said Foka, pretending to be very cross at Natasha. No one in the house set so many feet flying, and no one could give the servants so much to do as Natasha. She could not have any peace of mind if she saw servants, unless she sent them on some errand. It seemed as if she were making experiments whether she would not meet with angry answers or with grumbling, in the part of some of them, but the servants obeyed, no one else so willingly as Natasha. "'Now, what shall I do? Where shall I go?' pondered the young countess, as she slowly passed along the corridor. "'Natessia Ivanovna, what sort of children shall I have?' she demanded of the buffoon, who, dressed in his woman's short jacket, was coming towards her oh you will have fleas dragonflies, and grasshoppers replied the buffoon my god my god it's this everlasting sameness what shall i do with myself where can i find something to do and swiftly kicking her heels together she ran upstairs to the quarters occupied by fogel and his wife two governesses were sitting in the fogel's room on the table stood plates with raisins walnuts and almonds the governesses were discussing the question whether it were cheaper to live in Moscow or Odessa. Natasha sat down, listened to their conversation with a grave, thoughtful face, and then stood up. The island of Madagascar, she exclaimed. Madagascar, she repeated, laying a special emphasis on each syllable. And then, without replying to Madame Schosse's question what she said, she hastened from the room. Petya, her brother, was also upstairs, he and his tutor were arranging for some fireworks which they were going to set off that night. "'Petya! Petya!' she cried to him. "'Carry me downstairs.' Petya ran to her and bent his back. She jumped upon it and threw her arms around his neck, and he, with a hop, skip, and jump, started to run down with her. "'No, thank you. That will do. The island of Madagascar,' she repeated, and jumping off, she flew downstairs. Having made the tour of her dominions, as it were having made trial of her power of command, and discovered that all were sufficiently obedient, but that everything was nevertheless utterly stupid. Natasha went into the ballroom, sat down in a dark corner behind a chiffonier, and began to thrum the bass strings of her guitar, practicing a theme which she remembered from an opera she had heard at Petersburg in company with Prince Andrei. If anyone one from the outside had been listening to her, it would have struck him that there was something lacking in the harmonies that she managed to produce on her guitar. But in her imagination these sounds aroused from the dead past a whole series of recollections. As she sat in the shadow of the chiffonier, with her eyes fixed on the pencil light that streamed from the door of the butler's pantry, she listened to herself and indulged in daydreams. She was in the mood for daydreaming. Sonya with a wine glass in her hand passed through the ballroom on her way to the butler's pantry natasha looked at her at the bright chink in the door and it seemed to her that on some occasion long before she had seen the light streaming through the chink in the pantry door and sonya crossing the room with a glass yes and it was exactly the same said natasha to herself what is this tune sonya cried natasha moving her fingers over the bass strings "'Ah, are you here?' cried Sonya, startled at first, and then stopping to listen. "'I don't know. Isn't it the storm?' she suggested timidly, for fear that she was mistaken. "'Now there! She gave a start in exactly the same way. She came up to me in exactly the same way, and her face wore the same timid smile when that took place,' thought Natasha. "'And in just the same way I felt that there was something lacking in her. No,' That is the chorus from Water Carrier, don't you remember? And natasha hummed the air over to recall it to Sonya's memory. Where were you going? asked natasha. To change the water in this glass. I am just copying a sketch. You are always busy, and here am I, not good for anything, said natasha. Where is Nikolai? Asleep, I think. Sonya, do go and wake him up, urged natasha. Tell him that I want him to sing. She remained sitting there and wondering why it was that this had happened so, but as it did not disturb her very much that she was not able to solve this question, she once more relapsed into her recollections of the time when she was with him, and he looked at her with loving eyes. "'Ugh! I wish he would come. I am so afraid that he won't come. But worst of all, I am growing old. That's a fact. Soon I shall not be what I am even now. But, maybe—' HE WILL COME TODAY. MAYBE HE IS HERE NOW. MAYBE HE HAS COME, AND EVEN NOW IS SITTING IN THE DRAWING-ROOM. MAYBE HE CAME YESTERDAY, AND I HAVE FORGOTTEN ALL ABOUT IT. SHE GOT UP, laid DOWN THE GUITAR, AND WENT INTO THE DRAWING-ROOM. ALL THE HOUSEHOLD, TUTORS, GOVERNESSES, AND GUESTS, WERE ALREADY GATHERED NEAR THE TEA-TABLE. THE MEN WERE STANDING AROUND THE TABLE, BUT PRINCE ANDRE WAS NOT AMONG THEM, AND EVERYTHING WAS AS USUAL. Ah, there she is, said Count Ilya Andreyitch as he saw Natasha. Come here and sit by me. But Natasha remained standing near her mother, looking around as though she were in search of someone. Mamma, she murmured, give him back to me, mamma. Quick Quick and again she found it hard to keep from sobbing. She sat down by the table and listened to the conversation of her elders, and of Nikolai, who had also come in late to the tea table. My God, my God! The same faces, the same small talk, even Papa holds his cup and cools it with his breath, just as he always does, said Natasha to her horror, feeling a dislike rising in her against all the household because they were always the same after tea. Nikolai, Sonya, and Natasha went into the divan room to their favorite corner where they always held their most confidential conversations. End of chapter nine.